we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? I hope all of you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. <laughs> uh, Graham Coffee uh, joins us at 6.30. I always say 7.30 because we're normally at 7, but during the football season, we've had to move it up a notch or move it up some time because of um, Brian Kelly's radio show. And I don't want to go during Coach Kelly's radio show, but nevertheless, we are here. But Graham Coffee, co-founder and publisher of DogsCentral.com. It is your home for all of your UGA intel. So big game in the SEC this week. I, I, look, future opponent potentially in Georgia and Florida. What does he see, obviously, with the Dogs and Florida? What does he see around the SEC? Some teams. Does he think LSU can win the West uh, when they face off Bama? Missouri goes to Athens in a couple of weeks. The same day that LSU plays Alabama, so a separation. So we're going to find out who more than likely in these next two weeks is going to win the East and the West, potentially more so in the East than the West because Ole Miss would have to lose again. But nevertheless, uh, we are here. So going to be really excited to have Graham in here with us. Um, love when Graham joins the show. He's always amazing. He's always entertaining. He'll be with us uh, here at 630. Um, has LSU installed some things um, during this bye week? So listen, we saw some of this against Missouri, which I do think Georgia – Speaking of Georgia, will implement in a couple of weeks, right? Um, it's going to be – I want to be careful on how I answer this. I, I do think it's going to be very interesting to see how um, LSU attacks this, but I do think that they've tried to do some different things this week, self-scouted. I would expect some different kind of little wrinkles defensively. Um, Coming out of Bama, some things that I'm hearing, maybe some different wrinkles, not just mainly personnel. More so some different looks, different schemes that you will see. Um, So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that because normally on Thursdays we do our keys to victory, but we'll just do what what I'm hearing, some intricate details. (laughs) Some little small intricate details. Uh, LSU basketball right around the corner, men's and women's. We're probably going to talk a little bit more about the women's, to be honest with you. Uh, Kind of like a little quick preview of how I see this season possibly going for the Lady Tigers. I I still think that they have a lot of hunger in them. I think they want another natty. Uh, Girls like Anisha Morrow and Haley Van Lith did not win one last year so I do think that they're going to be really hungry you know being out there Angel Reese really taking some of the freshmen underneath her wing um like Michaela Williams so I do think this team's extremely talented they could be the most talented team in the country with a first ballot hall of fame head coach so we'll talk about it like that or talk about them after Graham joins us men's basketball um Got to admit, man, um, 
very underwhelming season a year ago. But in my opinion, as I said all last year, like literally all last year, this is this is um, really and truthfully for me, year one, the official year one under Mac McMahon. Like I, I don't think it's fair to judge him off of what happened a season ago because of everything that was held over over his head. Um, this is going to be here's year one. So the clock starts now for Coach McMahon. I do think that they're going to be better than they were a year ago. Do I think they'll be much better? I do not believe so. Like, I, I do not believe so. So we'll touch on that as well. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask, ask Blake. L. Rick says, still at work, but I'm listening from Hampton, Virginia. Great show you got, my man. Good to have you here, L. Ricks. Dane Bergeron says, good evening, Blake. Good evening to you. Good, sir. Connor is in Walker, Louisiana. Good to have you here, Connor. Yeah, where are you watching the show from? Where are you watching us from tonight? Uh, Danny England Sr. says, we need D-linemen in recruiting. Um, I tend to agree. Pretty pretty massively, I might add. I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, Aaron Miller with a rain emoji that you normally means recruiting. Um, that we just got somebody. Did we get somebody? I mean, I do have the presets in the notes here just in case if something breaks. Did, did Aaron, who did we get? Don't don't tempt me to tell you some names I think we're gonna we're gonna get here. Don't don't try to trip me up. Y'all trying to trip me up. Y'all need to go over to the form, AYSSnetwork.com slash form. Who did – did somebody commit? Tommy says, I'm watching from the drive-thru at Wendy's. <laughs> you got to love it, man. You got to love it. Brandon says, morning sport. Morning sport. Louisiana. I hope I said that right. Where is that, Brandon? Uh, Chris H. says, just just touched down in Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, I knew this was coming sooner or later. Uh, Jay says, Blake, what are the chances someone poaches Mike Denbrock? Sloan would be the perfect replacement. What are your thoughts? We talked about this a lot, Jay, on Monday um, and on the Bill King Show. You can go to the Bill King Show, find our uh, interview there. Um, what are the chances? I, look, I do think that there are more, there's more than, I don't want to say more than a 50% chance, but it's around 50-50. I really have been hearing some things um, around college football about Mike Denbrock. Like, I, you know, there's some chatter for some people. Um, up in East Lansing, as an example, there's some people out of Houston. If, if Dana Holgerson got fired, you know, they guys, when you have an historic offense like this, um, people are going to start making phone calls. Okay. So we'll see. But I, as I've always shit, uh, <laughs> as I've always said, I like Mike Denbrock a lot. Why can you, can you hear him, Paul? These, uh, these should be a cooking and quote unquote cooking and bin show. Uh, would definitely be better than a Rafino and Joe show. Just saying, uh, come on, man. Did but but uh, Paul, I will admit, um, 
Rafino Joshio is kind of taking off a little bit. A lot of viewership on YouTube. Uh, love talking some national stuff. Love talking some the. I love talking all national stuff and um, all of college football. I hate when people come in here and are bots. Candace says Temple, Texas. Good to have you here with us. Uh, Connor says, are we getting Xavier McLeod? I do not know that. Too Way too early to tell. Brandon says, uh, 15 minutes north of Shreveport on Caddo Lake. Okay. Was just up there not too long ago. Me and my brother stayed at the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The casino up there. Um, Very much so. Mac Daddy Dog says, Arkansas fans want Joe Sloan really bad. Yeah, I bet you they do. Uh, Paul says there should. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, there probably should be. Ben would be fantastic. I mean, he he would be fantastic. He's very entertaining. But I will tell you, uh, baby Jewel is the one that I think is going to give me a run for my money. I think my little baby girl is going to be the one that gives me the, the run for my money. So, we'll see. We'll see. Jay says he's in Alexander. Good to have you here, buddy. Kenneth says he's in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, God, dog. What uh. I always, when people tell me uh, suburbs of Memphis, I always forget where my father-in-law uh, was. Collierville. That's it. Collierville. Uh, <coughs> we used to go to Memphis a lot before my uh, father-in-law passed. God God rest him. Uh, Shannon Alford says, here at LSU Women's Basketball. Yeah, I heard that there was already a good, pretty good crowd for this uh, exhibition. Good to see how the Lady Tigers perform in this one. Excited for that. We'll talk a little bit about them here uh, tonight, too. All right, let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. Wherever you're listening, or if you're watching us on YouTube, I should say, like, subscribe, notification bell. Coming up close, man. We're getting inching ever so closely to the 7,000. I want to get to 10,000 uh, by the end of the year. I know that's going to be a lofty goal. Very, very lofty goal, but I'll, you know, do your brother a solid. If you hadn't subscribed on YouTube, please go on, go on over there and do that for us if you don't mind. Wherever you listen to podcasts, by the way, speaking of podcasts, um, let me make a very quick public service announcement to the idiots, because plural, that thought it would be funny to go to Apple Podcasts and start giving us one stars to lower our rating because we were the number one listened podcast audio for LSU on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Um, for those of you that went to Spotify, Apple, and Google Play and gave us one-star ratings, you're a piece of shit. I hope that you fall off a roof and break both of your legs. I hope that you... I, I'm not going to, I was about to say something really vulgar, I, but that, dude, this is my living that you're fucking with. Whether you agree with me, you disagree with me, okay, it's an opinion, but when you do stuff like that, that harms us, you're a piece of shit, and I dare you to come out from behind that phone and behind this computer and come, come see me face to face and tell me why you did it. Please. So, let me ask everyone this. If you have an iPhone, do me a favor. At the end of the show, 
can you go to Apple Podcasts and type in Are You Serious Sports? Please give us a five-star rating because there were some idiots that thought it would be cool to give us one-stars. Um, please. I am asking very nicely. If I don't ask for a lot of things, man, I don't come in here and says, hey, man, I'm not reading any comments until you send me money. I, I don't I don't ask for anything, but hardly ever. I am really asking if you can, at the end of the show, go to Apple Podcasts and do me that favor. It is a shame that I have to come out here and do this, but this is how we I make a living, okay? So I don't come to your job and start giving you bad reviews or calling your clients telling you you suck. I'm 98% sure I know who did it. Just be careful to the LSU people and media around here that you listen to. It's a shame. It's a shame. And no, I'm not going to go and do it to you. It's beneath me. Yeah, I, like it's literally beneath me. All right, we do got to get a lot, a lot going. Dane Bergeron says, Blake, I will take care of your light work if you find out who they are. Oh, I know exactly who they are. I know exactly who they are. Tommy says, I got you, Blake. I'll give you a review from my kids' accounts, too. Thank you, man. I really, Guys, I really do appreciate that. I really, really, really do appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, it's how, like, when you... It, it, I'm not going to bore you with how, like, that stuff works, but the better reviews, obviously, the better, more people see it. It's just how, like, guys, it's literally... Like, I'm sure a lot of you see the views, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. It's a third of my business. It, it, it brings in massive numbers, okay? So when that takes a hit, yeah, I'm going to get pissed. It, it beats all the numbers that you see on Facebook, all the numbers you see on YouTube. So come on, man. Like, help, like come on. It, it, it's so messed up. All right. We do got a lot to discuss. We and no, I'm not going to start that beef because it's exactly what they want. It's exactly what they want for me to start the beef with them, and I'm not doing it. They know who they are, and I've reached out. All right, let's talk about good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Good friend Tyler Alexander, EXP Realty. Don't go anywhere. LSU working on some wrinkles. We talk about that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contests, events with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. He will sell your house and find you anew. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955 
call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. Tyler Alexander is a local realtor right here in the Denham Springs, Louisiana area, and he services the entire South Louisiana area as well. Tyler is ranked in the top 2% of EXP realtors in the entire state. Buying or selling a home can be very stressful, but Tyler will make that process stress-free for you and your family and provide a customer experience for you, not just a customer service. Give him a call or text today on his personal cell, 225-955-0008. That's 225-955-0008. And let him get your home sold or transitioned you into a new one. We're back! I also had a Rafino's rants in here. Um, so most of you know, I graduated from Southeastern Louisiana, our, one of our biggest rivals. No, not Nichols. The other one. Um, Northwestern State. Uh announced today that they were canceling football, which took a lot of people by surprise. Um, If you've been following this situation, I know that we had tweeted about it when it happened, but junior safety, Ronnie Caldwell, um, I don't want to give the, I don't want to really go into the details on Ronnie Caldwell. Just go read the investigation report. It, he tragically passed away because of some very, very crazy things, not of his own doing. And <clears throat> look, he was, I just don't want to say, like, I don't want to give the people who did this the credit to say what they did, but Ronnie Caldwell passed away and Brad Laird, who is their head coach, also resigned. Um, the Southeastern game was canceled and rescheduled. Um, after the po- passing of Ronnie, it is a very sad day when something like that happens and a team has to cancel because of something like this happening. Now, I know Brad came out or Coach Laird came out and said, due to the loss of Ronnie and the emotional burden it has caused me, I don't feel I can give give this my all and give all to the players of this program. Any coach will tell you that these players are like – they become like family, so the loss of Ronnie – was like losing a son to me. I love this program and this university, and I know I will preserve and move forward with the competitive spirit that is that is at its core in its DNA. Um, very tragic thing, man. You know, you hope. I did see people asking, like somebody quote tweeted something. Guys, it's not a joking matter. Somebody lost their lives. So prayers to the Caldwell family. Prayers to those even, you know, like, Look, dude, your arrival, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We're praying for Northwestern State. We do pray for their entire community um, and everybody in that area, man. It can't it can't be easy. Okay, uh, let's move to what we are really here for. LSU football has their bye week. So we've talked – I've probably said that 72,000 times, and if – kind of pains me to say that LSU's on a bye week I, I kind of feel like Pablo Escobar meme what am I going to do with my life on a Saturday with LSU not playing nevertheless here we are I do expect and I think you should expect now we will give next Thursday our keys to victory for LSU to win if I'm you I would expect 
different defensive um, looks from LSU against Alabama. Now, a lot of the core things are still going to remain the same. But as the game goes on, and if LSU is to get a sack from a you know an unlikely area, like a guy comes up the middle, blitzes up the middle. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. LSU telling that already. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, a different guy coming off the corner, sending more pressure than they normally do. I do think that you're going to see wrinkles, not just mainly personnel, because the personnel thing they have to do it. They don't want to do it. I don't think, or I wouldn't think, but. Nevertheless, I would expect different wrinkles for Jalen Milrow because the concern from LSU fans is, well, what is Kevin Steele going to throw at Jane Daniels to slow him down? But the question becomes, what is Brian Kelly going to scheme up and Matt House going to scheme up to get to him? Now, if you don't do anything different, you're going to lose. Okay? You're going to have to give... Um, Jalen Milrow, who does not have the reps as a starting quarterback. He doesn't have the experience as a starting quarterback. Great extent. You're going to have to throw different things at him. Last year, LSU did some different things where they would put Harold Perkins into the middle. We saw it a little bit, but the different things that they did with Perkins a year ago, what are you going to do now? I'm not saying that Perk Dog is going to move, the Perkalator is going to move, but I would expect there to be different kind of itsy-bitsy, little teeny-weeny things, Pauls, that you should expect from him. You're going to have to. Guys, I don't really, I, I really want to fight with anybody anymore about this Alabama offense. You're going to have to do different things. You're going to have to try to get to Milrow or get him off of his spot. I'm not necessarily looking for LSU to constantly bring down Jalen Milrow because everybody says, well, he hits a deep pass. Well, yeah, he does, but he doesn't normally do it on the run. He normally does it when he's got time to sit in the pocket. Crazy stat, 97% of his 20-yard pass plays have come from inside the pocket. Only two have come outside of the pocket the, re- the rest of them, obviously, was, as we just mentioned, inside the pocket. Here's another interesting stat. He has almost the same amount of attempts at throwing the ball 20 yards down the field or at least 15 yards down the field outside the pocket than he does inside. So what does that tell me? You got to get him on the move. You got to get Jalen Milrow on the move. Jalen Milrow's about a 70% completion, uh, close to it. I think he's right at 67%. I didn't write that stout down. I should have. But what it does tell me is that he's hitting and almost damn near perfect when he throws the ball downfield when he's inside the pocket. Okay? Because if you're going to be not so good when you have to get outside of it, well, that means you're missing a lot, and one of them you're pretty damn good at. Got to get him on the move. Offensively, the wrinkles consist of this. Nothing. Now, you need wrinkles here and there. I'm not saying that. Game planning, yeah, do some different things, add some different things that you like, that you think that this offense can execute. But not as much as what I'm telling you is going on defensively. Right? 
I'll continue to say it. And look, the next time you'll see this beautiful Italian face will be next Monday. I'm taking the bye week too. Well, actually, I lied. Sunday on Rafino and Joe show, but on AYS. Jane Daniels is going to have to run the ball 15 to 17 times. That's the only thing I'll give you to next week. 15 to 17 times, you're going to let have to, Jaden's going to have to take off. He's going to have to take over because this defense is too good, man. Like, if they give you a crease and other things are covered and might be open in just another little split second, you're going to have to make the good decision. Do I need to go get 10 here? And if you constantly, and Jaden did this so perfectly last year to Bama, if he gets outside of the pocket, if he gets, look, if he gets that crease, those guys are going to back off. Those D linemen are going to back off a little bit because they're not going to want to get you outside the pocket and let you run on them. He did it so effectively a year ago. He's going to have to do that again to give himself some better lanes in the passing game. This is it, man. Like, this is it. There's no, there is, I don't want to say there is no tomorrow for you, but like, man, I do think that the following week against Florida, is Florida a decent team? Yeah. Yeah. But they're playing Georgia this week. We're about to talk about it. But I, I do think that you could roll Garrett Nussmeyer out there and still win. I'm not asking. I'm not thinking. I'm not questioning if Jaden Daniels would, should, will get hurt. But what I'm saying is lay it all on the line. Because if you lay it all on the line, you're talking about Heisman contention. You're probably the front runner of that award. You're still in the West. And look, I'm going to tell you, I know a lot of you won't agree. You're still in the playoff race. Do you need a lot of chaotic things to happen around you? Yes. Has it ever happened where a two-loss team has gotten to the playoff before? No. But you still would be on track that if you won the rest of your games, getting into that SC championship game, even winning that one, they're not going to – I don't envision them keeping you out. I think you can beat every team left on your schedule. From what I've seen, there's not a team on your schedule right now you can't beat. You can beat Bama. You can beat Florida. You can beat Georgia Southern. You can beat A&M. You can beat Georgia. And that and that's just the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Expect the different wrinkles. Expect the different looks. And this D line is gonna have to play their asses off. Like they're again, if there's one, if there's one unit, like if there's one unit that you need more than you needed them all year long, it's this D line. Because everybody in their mama, like literally everybody in their mama, has been getting to Jalen Milrow and been able to get pressure on him. Because this O-line for Bama is just not good. It's like a girl with big hoo-hahs. All of them have an OnlyFans. Right? Like every single girl with big hoo-hahs has an OnlyFans or close to it. All of that being said... You got to get after him. They got to have a better. This, ha- in my opinion, if they, they, I want them to have the best game that they've had in the last five years. If you do that, you're gonna, you're gonna win. Because there are gonna be times where out, I, I, prepare for this. 
There are going to be times that this Alabama team stops LSU. They're going to have a three and out. They're going to, you know, a drive is going to stall out. Something's going to happen. You're going to have to have three or four stops or hold to field goals. It's, it's, it's a must. I don't give two, again, like I, I don't give two flying shits what you do or do not think about this Alabama team. I'm taking them seriously. I hope you are too. Oh, well, their offense sucks. Okay. Yeah, they're not that great. I I admit they're not that good. You've also had a defense at times that also has been really bad too. Really bad too. It's time to get some pressure in the interior. To be honest with you, we got to get some. Mason Smith's sack came on the outside on a twist. We got to get some pressure in this interior. Like, I'm tired of there being no interior defensive pressure. I am sick of it. I said it last year. I said it the year before. I said it the year before that. I said it in 19. I said it in 18. I am sick and tired of there being no interior pressure. It is tough for the big man to get there against guards and centers. I get that. There's a reason why dudes like Aaron Donald make such a great living because they can get to the quarterback. If I, I'm telling you, LSU is going to have to get interior pressure on Milrow. Get him outside that pocket. If you do not, well, <sighs> got to do it, man. All right. Uh, OG Gary says, I agree, Blake. You got to take them ser- seriously. Take all of them seriously. Got to run the table to- and win the SEC. You're going to have to. Like, I-, I see a lot of LSU fans saying, hey, man, this-, this Alabama offense is ass. Guys, newsflash. Okay, I know what's happened to LSU defensively last 10 quarters. I'm also old enough to remember that Jackson Dart and his surfboard in the middle of Oxford put up 700 yards on your ass. It's like me on Madden. By the way, just very quickly before Graham Coffee gets here, I uh, I got to admit something really quickly. Um, when the Saints lose, which has been pretty often here lately, I do go on Madden and whip the team's ass that we just lost to. <laughs> just throwing this out there, the Texans... Saints scored at halftime was 49 to 3. Kamara had 200 all purpose yards. <laughs> all right. Let's talk to our good friend Graham Coffee. Let's look a little bit into the SEC premier SEC game of the week. The largest cocktail party will go around the SEC with him. What does he think about LSU yet? What has he seen from him? What does he think about him? We'll talk about that and then. You know I'm going to ask him about Michigan. Anybody, everybody, we're asking everybody this week about Michigan. Michigan. We talk to Graham Coffee next. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with the great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 
395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Graham, you know it's football season, my man, when you're here joining us. It's good to have you back. How are we doing tonight, dude? Uh-oh, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? <laughs> I think my man froze up a little bit. Graham, can you hear us? I can hear you now. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm not sure. Uh, it must be on my end. I apologize. <laughs> all good, man. All good. Uh, I was saying, you know, it's football season. Uh-oh. All right. Hold on. We're going to see if we can get him back here. He uh, dipped out on us a little bit. Uh, Ryan says, I can hear a dog. Yep. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Uh, Chad says, <clears throat> with the craziness going on in Michigan, that has to be good for LSU landing the number one QB in the nation. Did they? Oh, you're saying, I see what you're saying. You're saying it would be good. It does help for them. Yeah, it does help. It does help. I agree. I do agree. Uh, Ryan says coffee in the morning and coffee in the evening. Graham, that is. Yeah, very true. Cold case says, damn, that's pretty shitty. Who would do that? Rating people of one stars on call for. That's true. If you missed it, peep, there are some people that went to our Apple podcast and put a one star, uh, on our podcast, had to do like this whole review, like crazy dude, fucking crazy. Like, yeah, so people did go to our Apple podcast and, and gave us the uh, the one star. All right, let's see if we got Graham here. Can you hear us now, my man? I got you now. Do you hear me okay? I do hear you okay. I, I, all right, so take three. Hopefully this one works. I said it's football season. I know it's football season because you're coming back to join us here, man. How's, how's it going? How's life treating you? Life is good, buddy. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm out in North Carolina right now, seeing some family. Uh, have been down in Athens some. I'll be heading back down there for the Mizzou game next weekend. So, uh, no complaints on my end. I will. We will talk about that Mizzou game. I think 
next weekend, Graham, my goodness, dude. It is it's the it's a television executive's dream weekend <laughs> in the SEC, man. Especially it's, if you're at CBS. Yeah, you get the SEC East and SEC West Championship doubleheader, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, and people every time I say that, Grant, people are like, "What about Ole Miss?" Well, y'all got to take about care, Ole Miss. Y'all got to take <laughs> care of them for us, you know. Like if we're gonna, we be in a three way tie. We need Georgia to win here. I I think Ole Miss is good, and uh, you know they they've done some really nice things, but just sort of they feel a lot like last year to me, where uh, schedule luck and some other things kind of allowed them to to start out really hot. But I think that they're more like a you know, a, a five and three team that's masquerading as a, a one loss team. So we'll see. I could be proven wrong when they come to, to Sanford Stadium, though. Yeah, and that LSU game boosted them. LSU's going to have to really get on board here, and then they'll they'll figure that out in two weeks. I want to talk to you about Georgia-Florida. It's the SEC matchup of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Grant, let me first start off by asking you this. I Well, first off, I'm not saying there is a lot of people barking – pun intended, at Carson Beck. But why all the disrespect for Carson Beck? Like, I see it here and there. I mean, like, dude is like seventh in the nation in passing yards. What are we doing? Not only is he, like, you know, high up there in passing yards, but he's done that without playing really any fourth quarter except for Auburn. Um, He's done that without, like, having a bunch of turnovers uh he's been extremely accurate as a passer like his time to throw in the pocket is one of the lowest in college football right now like he gets the ball out quickly he sees everything well um i've been very impressed with him and you know I, i think the thing that's kind of maybe scary a little bit for future georgia opponents is it seems like he's still getting better oh no Uh, doubt you see him do something that he wasn't really doing back in september so sky's the limit for him it feels like and dude he's got all the tools like i i I think he's like so i I think it was the auburn game um maybe you saw this kublik okay posted this his no it's kentucky his mobility inside the pocket, where he might not be the fastest dude, he's not going to beat you. Dude, he is one of the most athletic dudes inside that pocket that you're going to find. It was it, – it honestly, there was a Brady play that somebody, like, quote tweeted on it. It's really impressive. Yeah. But, but you know, Graham, I, I will say that he he's had a lot of injuries around him too, which has been more impressive. That's what I think people don't really realize is there's, there's been a lot of injuries up there for the dogs. There has, and I mean, you know, when you talk about Beck in particular, like you lost to Marius Mims in the middle of the South Carolina game right? while you were, I think, down, you know, 11 points. And there's people that coming into the season thought, like he may end up being the, the first tackle taken in the next NFL draft. From a, right. from a physical gift standpoint, he is how you draw up an offensive tackle in the lab. So, like, you lose him off the right side. And then you have a true freshman – or I'm sorry, you have a redshirt freshman on the left side of your line who was in his first SEC start. And, like, things weren't going well for Georgia already in that game. <clears throat> and you, you switch your, your starting left guard out to right tackle. So now you have a guy playing left guard who's never played. And basically the, the blind side of, of Carson Beck's offensive line is two young guys who had never played in an SEC game. And <laughs> – 
he remained poised. He came out, you know, Georgia in that game was really struggling and they were kind of stuck playing in a phone booth against South Carolina. And they came out at halftime and he hits two deep passes and right. it was kind of on from there. So I've been very impressed with the movement inside the pocket. I've also just been impressed with his kind of trust in the offensive line. And that really, I think comes back to like his willingness to, to just get hit. Uh, there's the, the play against Auburn where the, the middle linebacker comes free right up the a gap, you know, the, the running back misses the, the pass protection and he is about to get hit under the chin and he stands in on third down and waits for his receiver to clear into that same space and delivers a, a throw that ended up, you know, keeping that touchdown drive going without that touchdown, you know, that, that game's going to overtime. So I, I've been very impressed with his kind of uh, poise and, you know, just kind of that, that calmness that he has about him. It's a little different than the Stetson Bennett experience, but uh, both very effective to this point. You know what else too against Auburn, you know what he said? He was just basically like, Hey man, I'm literally just going to find Brock Bowers and say F it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he literally just said F it Brock out there somewhere. Speaking of him, uh, how is Mr. Bowers? How's his health? I mean, you know, uh, I I wouldn't, say anything at this point in terms of timetable for return it's still you know just a week and a half or so off of surgery um i mean he had that surgery uh nine days ago eight days ago so we'll we'll wait and kind of see where he is as he starts moving and running and all of that good stuff but i i think everything went well with his surgery uh you know i know he's been around the team you know they're kind of uh coaching up the guys and encouraging them through walkthroughs and practices. So he's still very engaged. I would not be surprised at all if he's on Georgia's travel roster this weekend, even though he's absolutely, you know, he's a hundred percent out. I want to be clear about that, but uh, like Georgia kept Nolan Smith on their travel roster last year because he was a leader and he was a really good player and he was kind of an emotional part of that team. And I think that Bowers may end up in a similar type of role over the next couple of weeks. Makes complete sense. Uh, let's move to this game. Look, Graham, we talked about Carson Beck just a second ago. You know who really had – let me say this. It's going to come off wrong. I kind of expected a little bit of this from Carson Beck because I saw him yeah. late in that national championship game. I saw him during the year last year. I saw the tools. So I'm like, oh, okay, like this kid can play. All right, like this kid can really play. He's like Nussmeier. He's, he's exactly like Nussmeier, okay? But, man – Graham, I look at Graham Mertz and be like, man, look how many people were wrong about him, dude. He can play. Dude. He can play. Um, you know, uh, I I used to get myself in trouble with Florida fans, especially when, <laughs> when Mullen was still there. Because, you know, I just thought I thought some of the takes between around Mullen and Smart were ridiculous, you know, and, and they got really bad after that 2020 uh Florida victory in Jacksonville this idea that he was just the superior coach in that rivalry. And obviously, you know, the, the sample size of the last two years kind of bore that all out. Right. I, I, I think Billy Napier deserves a ton of credit and his staff deserves a ton of credit for looking in the transfer portal and saying, which one of these guys is going to fit what we do, not, Who's the most talented necessarily? Or no like doubt. Who had the biggest numbers last year? Who's going to be the sexy portal get that's going to make the fan base happy with us? 
but like he went and looked at his system and Graham Mertz was a very good match for that. You know, he's, he's not what you would call like your traditional dual threat, but he's very, very good throwing on the run, particularly on those play action rollouts. Like he seems more comfortable on those than he does standing in the pocket a lot of times. And I, I think, you know, he just has been a good fit for what they want to do with their run game as well. He understands, I think, the the concepts of the offense and the way they're trying to influence defenses. And, I mean, you know, Kirby Smart said it this week. If you look at the last two games, I think he's the number one passer in the country. He is. A, it's 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 literally, it's literally Mertz and then a guy named Jaden Daniels. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, I, not to get you off track here on your show, but, like, the narrative around SEC quarterbacks – coming into the year and even through September was that like, this is a really down year for quarterbacks in the conference. And there was all this, you know, like, Oh, Devin Leary is probably the best quarterback in the league or the most talented one. And you look at like Beck Mertz, uh, Jaden Daniels, even Jackson dart in a certain respects. Like there's some guys that are playing really good football. I, you know, Spencer Rattler has been phenomenal with very little help around him. No, so here's it's interesting you say that because I talked about this last week and I have my notes here as my good friend Josh Pate would say paper pop it okay there you go paper pop it of the top 20 quarterbacks in the country mm-hmm. nine of them okay and I'll do 21 because Jackson Dart was during the bye week I will even put him in there so 10 quarterbacks in this top 20 uh-huh. either played in the SEC or currently in the SEC and passing yards, touchdowns, uh, QBR completion percentage. I didn't know that. That's that's impressive. TJ Finley, JT Daniels, okay, are both on this <laughs> list. Okay. Right, that, is right, what well. the, that is what the – but my point is, then, like you mentioned, the narrative around SEC quarterbacks is, oh, well, they're not that great. Well – you have two here that went to lower divisions and absolutely killed it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I didn't think TJ Finley would have 2,000 yards passing in his career, much less have it halfway through a season, okay? So same with JT Daniels to some extent. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, obviously that's not the same as playing in the SEC, but it does speak to the guys that they left, you know, like like the, the guys that Correct. forced them out of that room. Right. Pretty talented if – if you know those types of talents and former blue chip recruits are going down a, a division well how do you see this game playing out so i per, earlier this week i i talked about graham that i think that florida i just don't see a scenario where they win without graham mertz doing what he did in south carolina yeah i mean i it's hard for me to imagine that quite frankly me and too. that's not that's not to be disrespectful to mertz but like what what's really caught my eye about him throughout the year so like against south carolina he had a game that was a bit of an anomaly for him in the sense that like he threw the ball downfield um his average depth of target was 11.2 yards in that game on all throws on non-screen throws it was 13.1 yards like they really aired it out in that game and we hadn't really seen them do that much prior to it against Vanderbilt, which was another game where he put up really nice numbers, 30 to 37, 254 yards, right? Three touchdowns Mertz, his average depth of target in that game was 1.8 yards. 
on 37 attempts. Like that's, <laughs> that's basically like 55 air yards to get to 250 plus yards. What about that? A so, dot, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just, those guys were, you know, just, just doing a lot of really good stuff after the catch. Yep. That's kind of been his MO through a lot of the year His his a dot on the season's only 6.8 yards. Um, you know, is it just a completion? Like, like we were just talking about really accurate guy, 85%. I think Georgia's secondary, you know, they get credit because they're Georgia and the Georgia defense and they, they've been very good. But the thing that has changed a little bit is that Georgia's defensive line this year has not been very good. They have not been good getting pressure with four. And despite that, like you go back and watch that Kentucky game, there were times where Georgia's back end was covering for five, six, seven seconds, and guys weren't getting open. Now, I like Kentucky's receivers a lot more than I like LSU – or not LSU's, I'm sorry, a lot more than I like Florida's, Florida's receivers. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, Pearsall scares you, but other than him, I don't know who really stretches Georgia's defense vertically. And what Florida has done this year has, has been, you know, create leverage issues – uh, you know, get guys in motion pre-snap to to get them outside the numbers or outside the hashes and roll the pocket towards them. And and you could do that against Georgia, and you could be effective at times. Like, Georgia's inside linebackers have been good in coverage this year, but they haven't been great. It's certainly like there was some games where it felt like a problem spot early in the year. My point in all this is, like, I, I just – I don't know that you can beat Georgia going – four six yard chunks at a time all the way down the field yeah florida I, is low in average starting field position so it feels like this is a game where they have to get some turnovers to score my thought graham is you got an lsu and lsu didn't come close okay don't, don't misinterpret or just i'm not trying to say like lsu was close in winning that game last year you mm-hmm. got an lsu or ohio state them right like you're yeah. gonna have to hit the big play on them and if you don't you're in trouble. But you know what's crazy? Y'all secondary has been much – it flip-flopped. It was the front seven for the last two years, and now the secondary is suffocating. Uh, before we move on to the, the – just around the rest of the SEC, how yeah. do you see score-wise? Do you think Georgia – couple of scores here? Or, like, what do you see? I, I think that Georgia will need to resist the desire to just run the ball over and over and over. Right. And I think that's why the over-under in this game is where it's a, you know, it's a little bit, it's under 50 points, I think, right now. And I think people expect that with Brock Bowers out, they're just going to lean on the ground game. And they will to a certain extent. But don't be surprised if they come out passing early just to prove a point easier. Yeah. And and I I think Georgia will want to kind of game script Florida out of this game. I know Florida came from behind against South Carolina last week, throwing the ball downfield. I don't think they can do that against Georgia and, and similar to what right. they did to Kentucky. So uh, Georgia's number one in the SEC and least number of explosive plays allowed. I, I think that it's just going to be hard for Florida to take those little bites out of the apple. Uh, I've got Georgia. No one's asked me for a prediction yet. Um, I'm going to say Georgia wins this one 38 to 17. I had so, I had it 35-17. I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah, I'm right there. It feels you. right. And I mean, you know, it's a weird game. Like last year they had Georgia had that weird third quarter where Florida scored, I think, like twenty unanswered and made it 
close again and then they pulled away. So like, I don't know. It's, it's never one you take for granted when you cover Georgia, just because strange things happen in it. But uh, I don't think Florida, you know, they, they've had a great couple of weeks. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that all that stuff's going to really translate on Saturday against this Georgia team. I agree. What else have you seen around the SEC that has caught your eye? Now, you don't have to tell me LSU's offense, but if you want to, you can. But what outside of them, what else have you seen that you either like, dislike, or what are the big bulletin board things for you that right now a little bit halfway through the year? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I it's hard not to look at what's going on at Texas A&M. Um, it, it felt like things like on paper, I, I had Texas A&M second in my sec West preseason poll at media days, man. And I had LSU first. Um, and I, and I thought that that was kind of how things would shake out. Like I thought that A&M and Wegman's obviously been hurt, but it's just like, I thought that their offense would find more explosiveness right. because there's, there's tons of talent on it. And then I thought all that defensive talent would be a year older and, and really buckle down. And the defense has been pretty good at times, but uh, yeah, man, it's just, it feels like they keep playing games where they, they kind of play better than the team across from them, but they still find ways to lose. And to me, that, that usually indicates that there's a coaching problem. And so, you know, if, if Fisher Lee, you know, if Fisher gets kind of shown the door, that starts the carousel spinning in the, in the league. You know what I mean? Um, like, I, I would just be curious to see what direction that search goes in. That's a program that kind of just brings drama with it. So <laughs> I've got an eye on that. Um, I have an eye on Tennessee, Kentucky on Saturday. Very like that feels like a, a swing game for both of their seasons in terms of Eiple. You had a great 2022 and your fan base is really invested. They're throwing lots of NIL money behind your program. But if you lose this game, it's a little bit harder to sell that, like, we're going, you know, where we say we're going. And, right. and ditto for Kentucky. Um, you know, Stoops, Stoops has obviously got a bigger sample set, but I, I just think that that relationship is starting to feel a little tenuous. Um mm. And so, you know, that that's what I'm watching. And uh, I'll just say it, man. It's hard not to, since we're talking about Tennessee and we're talking about things that have caught my eye this week, it is hard not to look at some of the uh, details around this Michigan story that have been coming out and <laughs> ask, ask if the team that uh, Michigan was kind of trying to keep out of the playoff last year wasn't the Vols. You know, that, that I, I feel like uh, – that's the one that makes the most sense. Now I'm, I don't have any information. I'm not reporting anything. I want to be really clear on that, but I mean, Tennessee went into that game last year as like a, I think a 20 something point favorite. They lose by 25, you know, like that. It's a huge swing. And you look at what South Carolina had done up to that point and in the weeks prior, and it's just a very outlierish result. So, and I you're talking about the South Carolina, just to give context to someone yeah. who hadn't read it, it was you're talking about the South Carolina game that Kentucky got blew, I mean, Tennessee got blown out in. 
Yeah, last year. You and know, Shane they Beamer were, all the, gave all they had up. to do was win out to get into the playoff. And Shane Beamer uh, gave, like, oh, I always call coaches. Well, why are you calling Michigan? That was my number one question. Why do they have you on phone? Why do they have a phone record of you calling uh, DC? A, I didn't know this. Yeah, he was asked a question about it today. And that's where all that came from. So I'm like, okay. wait, wait, so, yeah. what happened? You know, like they kind of, it really caught me off guard why they're asking South Carolina about Michigan. Last night, you know, Football Scoop put out a story that said a source with direct knowledge indicated that Michigan may have attempted to assist the the opposition of a potential CFP opponent in an effort to disrupt that team's potential path to the playoffs. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, here comes South Carolina and Beamer yeah, gets asked it, that question. Well, right. And, you know, they uh, – like if you look at what would have happened for Michigan if they lose to Ohio State – you know, if you're hedging your bets, right? What do they need? They needed Tennessee to lose, and they needed Clemson to lose. And both and of both them those lost. Things happen right in consecutive weeks, right? And so, I just think that. Uh, and Graham, quite honestly, quite honestly, they needed Bama to get another loss. I'm not saying LSU, but right. you know, like, hey man, there we're talking about Tennessee. I mean, Bryce Young had nowhere to go with the football in that second half. That's you're talking about the early yeah the, the Bama Tennessee game. game I'm like because because I remember last year Graham I, so we break down the film on on, on Sundays and uh -huh. when we were breaking down Alabama because it's always Tennessee they have a bye week and then LSU right that's right. how their schedule always works and I'm like Tennessee the the worst defensive pass team in the SEC like worse than Vandy a year ago. They're playing man-to-man -man coverage across right. the board and winning? you got to be kidding me, okay? Like, you got to be kidding me. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, now this story comes out, and then the SEC's involved. I'm like, man, thank God Brian Kelly ain't got nothing to do with it right now. That's all I kept saying. Uh, yeah. To your point, well, though. And, oh, go ahead. Know, I'm sorry. I think, no, I mean, there was uh, – there. It, it was also, you know, pointed out today uh, – by by some people that are that are smarter than I am that Beamer his, his uh defensive coordinator was a DB coach for Harbaugh in 2009 and in that in that game against Tennessee South Carolina their defense wore wristbands for the first time and only time all year so oh Beamer stole bro Beamer's in trouble well and Beamer you know uh not to dig up old bodies or whatever but like google shane beamer wakey leaks uh you know beamer when he was at virginia tech got in trouble for uh taking taking a playbook a wake forest playbook and using it uh, against them and then when that story all came out when he was an assistant at georgia under kirby so kirby had to like put out a statement about it and georgia fined him i think 25 grand at the time and and then he left after that season so I don't know, man. It's a, it's an interesting. Uh, I I like Shane, man. I think Shane's like I like what he's doing for South Carolina. Oh. And I, I think he's doing a great job on the trail and all of that. But it's like, like I said before, not reporting anything. We're just two guys here speculating, having a good time, talking some SEC football. But uh, when I read that last night, I started thinking. I was like, well, who would they have wanted to keep out of the playoff? You know. I started kind of going back through the week by week CFP rankings and seeing how all that shook out and the hypotheticals. It was like, oh, 
well, there's the outlier event of the entire 2022 college football season was that Tennessee South Carolina game. So I don't know, man. Very we'll see. interesting. I'm, it's going to more so, coming out every hour. It feels like about it's that. going to be interesting. I, I just like sitting back watching this, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, Graham, they had called, they had laminated sheets of the head hand signals at Ohio state. Like, I mean, dude, come on. I want to circle back to one thing, and then I'll I'll, I'll get you out of here. A and M. So, Graham, I, I got to admit. So, me and the team were again, like we talked about watching the film on Sundays. So, obviously, we've had two or a whole what feels like two weeks, I guess, to really break down Alabama. A and M should have beat them. Jimbo, oh, yeah. Jimbo, royally messed that up, dude. And I feel like. If they win that football game, they're going to beat Tennessee the next week because they got all the momentum. Like, I, I fully believe they go into Knoxville and win that game. They probably should have won that game as well. Also, they probably should have won that game. Man, I, I as, a as a person who covers a team that plays them every year, I want Jimbo to remain there. Uh, they sure. got to make a move. Like, he, it, it's over, right? Like, it's got to be over. Yeah, well, and I mean, like, I think about, you know, Kirby Smart came in in 2016 and Georgia went eight and five. But then in 2017, you know, they they go uh, 13 and one, I think it was, or 12 and one in the regular season to to win the SEC title. And then they go beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl and they're in the national championship game. Right. And they did that with a roster that was left over. Most, you know, there were some guys that, that Kirby Jake from in, State like, from, man. Well, Fromm was a Kirby recruit, but like Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, oh, yeah, that's right. Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy, uh, Roquan Smith, dude, like all those guys were on the roster that, that Rick had recruited. And I look at the roster that Jimbo brought into A&M. Now we're in the portal era now, so it's harder to keep that roster intact if the staff turnover happens. But shit, some of those guys are probably going to leave anyways after right. the season. So. I think like you still have a window here if you get a good coach in who has his stuff together and knows how to develop and organize to go make them hay and to, you know, go beat Texas when your old rival shows up in the league again and like kind of just cash in in some small way on the historic recruiting class that you had in the 2022 cycle. I mean, and look, not going for it on fourth down, if you can't get six inches, Graham, you don't deserve to win anyway. And they couldn't, and they didn't, and they didn't win. So it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, how they finish out. Good luck to your dogs this weekend, man. Thank you for joining us. Tell everybody where they can catch all your content. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can check me out over on dogcentral.com. Um, we've we've got an awesome community that, that's been kind of built there. Um, inside intel, injury updates, stuff that you're not going to find in public come come check us out over there and uh you can find me on twitter at graham coffee dc or uh on youtube podcast all that stuff dog central so yeah and i just noticed that you said that we guys we gotta change this out dog out the dog out west uh hey it's it's kind of kind of fun to see it (laughs) well i do hope to see you and we'll probably i'll probably ask you even if lsu's not in there but i i really hope we get to see you in the first in atlanta Will you be there if, if the Tigers make it? If they go again a second time, I'll be there. All right. I'll so, see you there. I, I mean, like, there's Together. rumors that, you know, 
I may have made it out to Omaha for a national championship game, you know, uh-huh. like, so yeah, we gotta, you know, if I show up, it's, it's big time, but I hope to see you there, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, brother. Take care. All right. That's Graham coffee. Always fantastic. Um, let's do this, man. We went over a little bit of our time allotment. Um, great week, great show. The bye week's over. So I am going to take my bye week and I will see you guys on Sunday for Rufino and Joe or Monday on AYS unless something massive pops off, which I really hope nothing massive pops off unless it's really good news. Until then, we'll talk some basketball. we got a long way to do that in preseason. I hope that all of you make it a good week, good weekend. We'll talk to you all soon. Have a good one. Peace.